Today, I am talking to new offensive coordinator, or I should say repeat offensive coordinator, Jake Spavadol. We are going to talk about the run game, pass game, quarterback play, kind of his career as a coach and where it goes from there. And it's coming up right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider Podcast. I'm Mike Pulaski, Hall of Fame quarterback and radio color analyst for the Golden Bears. Today, I am talking to offensive coordinator Jake Spavadol. As you all know, Jake was here before 2016. He is back in that same role, quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator. And he's going to run a spread, no huddle, tempo style of offense based a lot of it in the air raid type system. He's also going to have some gap scheme running. We're going to talk about that during the interview. It's a fun interview here today. A lot of football, so you're going to get a lot of X's and O's. Uh, and you're going to get a lot of scheme out of it. But if you love football, you are going to learn a lot from this conversation. Now let's talk to Coach. Joining me now, new offensive coordinator. I shouldn't say new. I should say repeat offensive coordinator, Jake Spavadol. And Jake, uh, tell me what it's like for you to come back to Cal, kind of in the same role you were at before in terms of offense coordinator, quarterbacks coach, and it's it's coming back home a little bit for you. Yeah, it, it's been probably one of the easiest transitions that I've had in my coaching career. You know, normally it's like you're going into some place, you don't know the ins and outs of it. Uh, like you don't know where your office is or just how to get on a computer or who to talk to in certain like situations or issues or just with HR to our video guys to just all the little details. And I, it was kind of surreal when you just pulled up, you know, like I, I was parking in the same parking spot. I had the same office. You know, uh, you know, Fox, uh, Matt Fox, our video guy, already had all of our stuff set up. He had my computers the way I wanted it. He had everything. And uh, it's just been great. You know, uh, even working with uh, Kyle McCray, you know, our SID, uh, you know, very simple. You know, he sent me a text message. Hey, is this still your number? All right, cool. Let's get some like that. Let me talk to you real quick. And, uh, you know, and we knock it out. So we've been very efficient, you know, on, on my time coming back. But uh, just a lot of familiar faces, a lot of just, uh, you know, just excitement of just being back. You know, my, my wife and I were here in uh, 2016 um, and uh, just she was excited and she knew exactly where to, to look for uh, where she wanted to live. And and, uh, you know, it's just been uh, very easy. And Coach Wilcox has been awesome as well. So, you know, overall, it's, uh, you know, you're still trying to figure out, you know, the new personnel and the team and your coaching staff, you know, and, and how you work together and how you delegate responsibility but you know that's part of the job and that is the job but all the other moving parts uh it's been a very very easy transition so far i was laughing because i look looking back at your resume you were i think you're the shortest span for a head coach in cal history right that five days of interim head coach that they announced you for <laughs> yeah exactly the you know that was just such a blur right there you know and then uh, i just remember getting the phone call and they said hey you're going to be the interim head coach you know until we get through this and and uh you know I just look at it as, you know, always a new opportunity, something to learn from, something to be in charge of. And and I think you can uh, just always be a student in something and just, uh, like, you know, to have that brief uh, head coaching opportunity at Cal, uh, you know, I just I did it to the best of my ability and, you know, I ended up uh, moving on to West Virginia from that point. The question is, did you park in the head coach's spot for those five days? That, I mean, that's the I key. Did not. I did okay. not. I'll never did, do that. Did, so know? didn't quite move into it. I got it. I got it. it. I understand. <laughs> so let's, let's go back to your playing days. Because I think, you know, playing days are so formative for coaches. What kind of what you did. I looked at it, you know, stud quarterback in high school. You go on to uh, Missouri State, right? Mm -hmm. 
And then talk to me about your playing career there, what that was like for you, what kind of offense you guys ran. Yeah, that was kind of an interesting time. Um, you know, I, I ended up going to uh, Southwest Missouri State at the time. It's Missouri State. Uh, you know, I was, I was born and raised in really Tulsa, Oklahoma. My dad was my, my coach. So I was, I was born and, and raised in a locker room. You know, so like that was like all I knew. I uh, got to, you know, to get to, you know, Southwest Missouri State. And I ended up having a shoulder surgery, you know, my first year there. I ended up having three shoulder surgeries in my entire career. All right. And, uh, you know, just growing up in a locker room your whole life, you know, you got there was a lot of frustrations, a lot of frustrations. I want to play, uh, got a little playing time, you know, but not much. Uh, but like I was like, how do I find my way onto the field? How do I just be a part of the team? Because, you know, when you're in college football, you have a, a roster limit on what you can travel and how many you can suit out. And I was trying to find a way to get on the field. So, you know, I ended up having a lot of great coaches there. And, and there's a lot of uh, moving parts and a lot of attrition in group of five and, uh, you know, and, and FCS football. And and I ended up, uh, you know, being with uh, Randy Ball was my head coach. And then Terry Allen came in. And and uh, at the last uh, really year of my career, I had an offense coordinator named Rob Cristobal. Uh, uh, Christopher that uh, ended up he's now the offense coordinator at Nickel State and he was where I learned how the up-tempo spread offense began but you know I, I, I went on my third surgery uh, I knew that um, I wasn't going to play much so I was like how do I become like an asset to this team so I ended up learning how to be you know really the quarterbacks coach I signaled everything I like you know I ended up like they trusted me to signal and kind of run meetings at times and do certain things and uh, but like the, in order to try like provide value, I had to find a way to get on the field. So I learned how to punt right, to become the backup punter so I can travel. And then I became the holder. So then I learned like a whole side of like special teams. And uh, and at the same time, got to literally be tutored by a guy that has run the up tempo spread offense his whole career. So he was the one that really kind of sparked my career in, uh, in terms of just the love for the spread system and just being around it and. And, uh, you know, you look back and everything happens for a reason. And there's a, you know, a reason and a purpose for, you know, everything that you do in life. And, you know, like that was like what I learned there. And like from then on, I've always been in the spread system my entire life. So that was kind of how uh, my, my career, you know, short lived. I did get to fake a couple field goals, you know, here and there and do some stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, did, I, I wish I could have got to get under center a little bit more than what I, I wish. But, you know, it happens for a reason. Yeah, but like you said, when you're when you're a quarterback and you're not playing, right? Th those are super important years for me. I got to sit for three years behind Troy Taylor, and <laughs> it was really a blessing for me, right? Troy was genius, like what he did and the way he studied. I learned how to play football. I came out of a wing tee offense in high school, and so I knew nothing about football, right? Like playing in the wing tee, you learn nothing about the game, and so you you end up handing the ball off. You're a third running back, and you throw it now. And I ran for twelve hundred and threw for twelve hundred. And so Cal's like, ah, he's a pretty good athlete. We'll take a chance, right? But I learned how to play the position behind Troy and then learned how to play quarterback and went on, you know, great success, 11-year pro career. But but being able to sit and learn without taking the reps, like that, that's a huge deal. And then you have to have that growth mindset even at that age to do it. So I, I love that fact. I love that as a student of the game, son of coaches, like it was there for you to get that done. Yeah, you know, and I'm saying that you can learn. There's so many ways you can learn. You know, like um, I'd always prefer that someone can learn from someone else, like what, like your experience. But sometimes you got to get thrown into the fire too, and you know, and it's it's just the way it goes. And and it's up to just really learn from failure. You know, and as sad as that sounds, you know, but like 
like that's what I do like all the time with like the quarterback play. You know, I'm be like, all right, hey, this kid's got to play right now, so we've got to put him in stressful situations in practice, or they're never going to translate to the game on Saturday. But, or you know, there's the guys that get to sit there and, and sit behind a really good quarterback for, you know, one, two, three years, then you can just throw them in there. They know exactly what to do. They've already like, you know, done everything that is imaginable over those years, and uh, it's like the offense never stops. You know, and then just continues on where you left off. And um, you know, it's it's like what you said just a second ago. The growth mindset that is definitely. Uh, a trait that is needed at the quarterback position, um, you know, because you can't be a robot when you're out there. You've got to learn the ins and outs. You got to learn the flow of the game. You got to learn matchups and 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 just really the present moment on who's actually coming to play for you, you know. And we all know that. Like you've had maybe a really good receiver, but they're they're going to have a bad day as well. And then watch your options and how do you move to other ways to can continue to move the football. And um, you know, like one of the greatest examples is Tom Brady. He's 45 years old and he like, you know, he just finally retired, but he was always sitting there trying to perfect his craft and figure out, you know, the, the new ins and outs and things and how he can be better. And uh, uh, that's why I love this game because, you know, it's something new every single time you walk out there on the field. No doubt about it. And we'll, we'll talk about getting thrown into the fire. That was my career with the Miami Hooters in the arena football league for my first year <laughs> under John Forcade as a head coach. Talk about a horrible situation, but I learned from it. So we'll move on. Now you're, now you're coaching, right? You come on as a GA, Gus Malzahn in Tulsa, and here's a guy who was famous for that spread, you know, hurry up, tempo, offense. What what would you classify his offense? He's not an air raid guy per se, right? Yeah, no, he's a power run guy. Right. You know, but he's like, so that it was kind of unique. I I learned the from him how to play fast all right, and run the ball efficiently because like the, the game, had you have to run the football to be successful. And – he was the first spread team that truly was a power and a counter team, you know, never like, like imp implemented the QB run game. So I learned a lot of QB run game and how to play fast and run, you know, power and counter schemes uh, and establish a run. And then he's going to establish a run and then he's going to take vertical shots down the field. So I've literally taken that mindset. That system and, and thinking that way kind of changed the way I think about it. Cause I came out of a West coast system runs there's something about the mentality of gap scheme runs where you're going to clear that gap you're going to push somebody out of the hole you're going to put somebody on their back like it's such a difference to those teams that just run pure zone stuff and pure, yeah, yeah. pure zone running schemes like you can be a little physical but you're not a gap team no question you know and and i think in today's time and as the spread kind of no huddle offenses have evolved like teams have learned to create defenses right to just shut out the right the zone schemes so they're forcing you to be, you know, gap scheme and gap oriented. Uh, so that's where you see all these like three high safety defenses now. And they're playing a lot of odd fronts with the four eyes because that's going to take away your your zone schemes. But, you know, just being around Gus for that one year, you knew that, you know, teams are going to try to probably get in odd fronts and four down fronts where the gap schemes are truly uh, really good versus anything. You know, and it comes down to the mindset and the mentality that you play with at that point. Yeah, as long as you guys communicate up front, boy, that gap scheme is tough to stop if you can block it, right? Get those big guards and tackles pulling and you're in trouble. So you move on, Houston, Dana Holgerson. Now you got a Mike Leach guy, right? This is air raid stuff. Leach, so I, I was I became really good friends with Mike Leach. He came on my show a couple of times. We used to hang out in Key West all the time. I'd go back and see him up in Washington State, back in Mississippi when he's back there. Uh, and, you know, just yeah, a phenomenal story, dude. But he used to talk about Dana all the time. Like, and, and, what was that like coaching with one of his guys? What was that like coaching that air raid system? Yeah, like what I learned from him is, uh, you know, I ended up like that's kind of the guy that gave me my opportunity. 
was Dana. I ended up living with Dana for a few years. He took care of me. He taught me how to like, take care of GAs. Like, I'm telling you, like, he treated me like one of the coaches had more respect for that. Now, he was hard on me, don't get me wrong, but, you know, like, that was on the field. And then, you know, like, once the, once you walked off the field, you know, he was there to mentor me and help me and, and figure it out. And, and what I learned with him is about simplicity. And you know Mike, and you've talked with Mike Leach, and, and just everything is about being as simple as you possibly can make it. And don't overthink it, you know. And I, when I'd sit there and watch Dana call plays, you know, we had the number one offense in the country. Case Keenum threw for like fifty eight hundred yards. Like it was just absolutely insane. We ran like four plays, right? And we taught the quarterbacks, well, if they're going to play very soft leverage on the perimeter, we'll then throw it underneath. If they're going to play very tight, then throw it over the top, you know. And if they don't have very many people in the box, run the football. If they got a lot of people in the box, throw the football. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, which is so. The first time I met Leacher, Cal's <laughs> playing Texas Tech, right down in San Diego, and in a bowl game, I go down there to meet him, and you know, the air raid's the big thing, and I haven't talked to him before, and and so I I walk up to him, I'm like, hey, coach, Mike Plosky, you know, play eleven years pro, doing the game for Cal, and just curious about the air raid system because I've heard so much about it, but I don't know anything about it. Like what's, what's the magic to it? He's like, well, football's a simple game. And I'm like, uh, okay. He's patronizing me. Yeah. I, I played the position, you know, I played 11 years, like, give me the, the answer. He's like, well, it's really simple. You just get your guys where they aren't. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, this is going nowhere. Like this is uh, going, this is going nowhere. And that was my introduction to Leacher. And then I brought him out on a bear hunt and it got a whole lot deeper. So it was, uh, a lot of fun, but that I like that system and, and thinking that way kind of changed the way I think about it because I came out of a West Coast system. Yeah. And I got like the way I kind of explain it, you know, like on like what you're talking about right there, it's it's just get open. All right. So if you're running a post all right, and there's a high safety over the top or a cover two safety and you can't win on a post route, then run a dig. Like it's just like just that's where the space is and that's where the grass. So like everything is grass driven, space driven, be very simple with the play calls. If you want an end breaking cut, like, all right, so run where the grass is. It can be like a dig. It can be like a slant. It can be like, you know, like almost a vertical in a way if the grass is there, you know, and that's all I've been doing. I enjoy it too. Talking with our players right now. It's just like learn to get open and like the quarterbacks just got to understand, get onto your next read and the timing of things. And uh, it allows these guys to play very freely. You know, and you are you are absolutely tweaking their nugget right now because my lizard brain from that West Coast offense is like, what guys can change their route? You can what? No, that's not okay. Like you would call an option route, and it would be one dude on an option route before. Right. You know, when you're running the West Coast stuff, it's very it's so rigid, and there's so many rules, and the quarterback has to manage everything, and like there's not a lot of options. There's nothing to it, but the air raid allows you to play more freely with simple, like a simple scheme. I say simple, not a ton of verbiage, but you can have 15 different looking plays from the same call. Exactly. And then it just goes back to repping it. Like, so be very simple Eric, and then just rep it over and over and over and over again, where they see every imaginable look and they're comfortable with it and they understand the ins and outs of it all. And, and then at that point, then you're going down to matchups. You're going to, down to players. And that's what matters in this game is, you know, how do you get, like, your best players in the right spots? And and it, when you start looking at, like, some things, everybody's going to have a bad day. You know, like, the, everybody, like, so when they're having a bad day, you got other guys that know what they're doing, and you can maybe attack over here and tell him to go get open. And, like, that's the, like, I got routes where 
sometimes no one's doing anything except one guy's just trying to go get get open, you know. And that's what we did with Chad Hansen. That's what I did with Demetrius Robinson. And you know, and that's uh, like they were really good at just getting open, and the quarterback was on the same page. And then when you got all of them that are really good, that's where it gets pretty fun, you know, because like you know they just got to pick and choose who the ball is going to go to. Yeah, now you're dangerous, right? I I, uh, I tell my quarterbacks all the time. I'm a, I'm an offensive coordinator. I coach quarterbacks out here for high school, and I tell them all the time, we're gonna go after, we're gonna make this guy have a bad day. We're gonna make him pull his scholarship check, right? That today is the day <laughs> he loses his scholarship check. And so, if you can make a dude have a bad day, your matchups are winning, and I love that. Talk to me about some of the quarterbacks you've coached. You mentioned Case Keenum. Case was also on my show. Brandon Whedon was on my show. Like a lot of your guys were on the show with me, right out hunting and fishing. Uh, and so, I love a lot of your guys. A different skill set for all of them, right? B. Weed is that classic, like, tall guy, big arm, pocket passer, right? Case, a little bit smaller, scrappy, not as big of an arm, more like a Jake Browning type of guy. And then you come through and you get Johnny Manziel. And so yeah. I've heard you talk about having that dual threat guy. How did coaching Johnny Manziel change the way you look at the game from the quarterback spot? Yeah, it's just when you have a guy that can do it both, you know, like – like you threw, like you ran for in 1200, threw for 1200, you know, and well, what are they going to defend? <laughs> you know, and I, I, I was no Johnny Manziel. Let's say that right now. <laughs> but it's the same thing. You've got to utilize like that skill set. And when you have a kid that can maybe in like two minute drills be able to extend plays, you know, that's a very dangerous weapon as well. But if you can implement the QB run game at times with Johnny, that's where I learned how to do that a little bit where, you know, let's do a read run with him where like that that's going to really screw up the numbers for defensive coordinators. Cause if you have a threat of a running quarterback, they have to add another person down into the box to account for the quarterback. All right. But then if that's the case, if you got the guy that can throw, well, you can, now you got single high coverage, you got one-on-one -on -one matchups. And if you got a good player, then there you got your one-on-one -on -one, and that's what you want when you throw the ball. All right. And that's what I learned with Johnny. And even with like Kyler, like if you got that dual threat guy, you can figure out, how does the defense coordinator, like, how are they going to try to defend you? And then if, they, if they're going to get to single high coverages and start rolling down, then you've got all the one-on-one -on -one easy matchups out there as possible. And, and, and you learn to adapt. You know, like, our system is the same, all right? It's just we added QB run a lot more when we got Johnny. So now, like, I've, I've been able to have running QBs. I've been able to have very athletic QBs that hated to run the ball. So I'm not going to sit there and run it. So then like, yeah, now you can understand that they're naturally going to scramble and do things on their own and run the ball like that way. And, and, but like, so you just kind of have to adapt to your personnel. And like you're saying, Brandon Whedon, he was a pocket guy. He was going to stay in there. So I never really had to coach, you know, quarterback run there. Case Keenum, crazy fast release, you know, like spread them out and let him just kind of, you know, pick them, pick them apart. You know, when you got here with Davis Webb, Davis Webb was not really a runner. Right. You know, you know, you go, you, you just go through what their strengths and weaknesses are, who they are, because you can't just force them to be a running quarterback, you know. Um, so, you know, like sometimes kids can't make a field throw, so I'm not going to have very many field throws there. You know, like you just got to figure out what they're doing and how you can just call plays around them. And that's what I learned with Johnny because it was such a unique, you know, type of uh, skill set. I'd get in empty and I'd just be like, it's not there, go scramble and do your thing, because that's what he did half the time anyways, and that's how he won the Heisman. You know, so it's just like he loved to spread it out and he'd work his matchups to his best players. And like, and if they cover that, then like he's going to end up running for a lot. You know, and he's the only guy. So this is kind of a funny story, too. He's the only guy right, where you're in empty and everybody else, like they do a mug zero. Uh, you got everybody up on the line of scrimmage. And you got zero pressure coming. All right. 
Well, majority of the time, you got to check probably protection. You got to slide the line. You got to drift away from the free hitter and you got to throw an accurate ball, which is pretty tough. Well, Johnny would sit there and go, this is the free hitter. I know he's the free hitter. I'm a better athlete than him. So I'm going to act like I'm going to drop back. I'm going to make a miss and go score. And he did it like five times throughout the course of the year. Oh, so man. I'm in the I'm in the quarterback room going, all right, guys, you guys can't do this. Johnny can right. do it. You know? And like, I'm like, Kenny, I guess Kenny Hill at the time who was here, you know, he ended up going to the car at word. But I was like, hey, you guys got to slide the line. You got to get in something or you got to motion the guy back into the box and create like an extra gap so you can have some time to throw the football, you know? And yeah, it's just that's what you got to do with those type of skill sets and those guys. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Being able to adapt like that. So, I mean, such a huge deal. And that the quarterback who can run just creates an entirely different problem for defenses. You ever, you ever hear about defense coordinators? And as a quarterback pocket guy, like I'll watch some of these guys sometimes. I'll be like, oh, you know, he, he's a runner first. He doesn't. But defensive guys go nuts and they freak out about having that dual threat quarterback. So it's a big deal. Yeah. And, I, and I've seen defense coordinators, like, they got great calls into certain things. And sometimes I, that one guy like misses the tackle or is not in the right spot. It's those are where the explosive plays hit. Yeah. Whether it's a guard or a corner or a linebacker on a quarterback, the one on one matchups, you got to win them. And if your quarterback's winning them one on one, boy, you are in good shape. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about where the game starts, right? The, the, the most important position on the entire field that's offensive line. Cal yeah. struggled last year. No, I mean, there, there's no mystery to it. Struggle at that offensive line. How does your system, how does it change that? A, I, I know it's going to be a lot simpler, right? I know Billy, I like Billy, played against Billy, but he was running that pro-style system, West Coast-based, that's a lot of verbiage, ton of different formation sets, moves, shifts, right, to kind of get places. I know that your system is faster because you have to be with a no huddle. Yeah, you know, it it starts with the O-line, all right? So, like, I've always had success with tempo because tempo will, will base down defenses, you know, like, like even on third downs, I love to just tempo as fast as I can. So, like, especially if they're a team that's going to substitute and get into exotic pressures and things that, like, I don't think anybody in the world can pick up. You know, it's just like, why don't we just tempo as fast as we can so they can get in a base look and then we have better odds of doing that, you know. So, like, my whole deal is is to always put the O-line in a really good position. All right. Like everyone talks about the QB and everything, but it starts up front and what are they capable to do? So we play fast and we call run and then we can throw with our RPOs. So that like that sometimes is your best protection. Like it's very hard to sit back and drop back all the time. I rarely do that. Like if I do have drop back concepts, there's a lot of hot answers and like they're they're typically the ball gets out of your hand relatively quick, like relatively fast. And uh, that's like you know, there's going to be times if it's third down to 15 or a two minute. Yeah, we're going to have to drop back. And we're going to have to go through progression. And we're going to have to do those things. Um, if the QB can find ways to get the ball out of his hand, like, and if maybe you got a one-on-one matchup or something like that, and you, that's why I give them the ability to check. So it doesn't put the pressure on the O-line to block all those guys for the longest time. Uh, you'll see a lot of pocket movement, a lot of uh, just, you know, things to maybe do a half roll uh, so you can get these guys out in position just so the defense can tee off on them. Like, I, I'm a big believer in that of just protecting the O-line on what they're capable of doing and where you don't have to just protect very long. All right. And you got to just train that quarterback to get the ball out of his hands, get it to his playmakers, you know, and make sure that, um, you know, there's times you got to do it, but like, you know, you just got to sit there and protect as long as you can. Yeah. And, and Pac-12 fans, Cal fans that watched Oregon last year, Bo Nix, as good as he was, as good as they were, their whole run scheme, their whole prote- – or not run, but their pass protection scheme essentially was around a power look, right? They're pulling a guard. They're giving that play-action look. They're moving guys up front. Defensive line has to slow down, search for gaps, and then go, oh, wait, it's a pass, and then redirect. 
And so it slows it down. It gives you some of that. And I think that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about right there. We'll do a lot of those type protections, half rolls, you know, power stuff just to, to give like those offense alignment a break. But like, that's also um, the benefit of QB run game. All right. So if you get the QB run game, then like they've got to bring it down and you've got single high coverage. So you don't have to go through progression all the time. You can get the ball out a little bit quicker. Uh, like it's easier to understand, okay, I can run a slant in a man or I got fades, you know, or inside box fades with the receivers, you know, at that point, you know, like that's easy. Like you just kind of hold the save the middle field safety with your eyes and you got to just deliver an accurate ball and that receiver's got to go in, you know, like that's, but if you have to sit there and go, all right, I got to get to my middle curl and then I got to get to my outside curl and then I got to get to a check down that just takes a long, long time. So you've got to establish like the run game. You've got to establish just, you know, a, a, them to change their numbers in the box so you can, actually get to a point where you can throw one-on-ones down the field, you know, more efficiently than going through drawback. Awesome. Part of that, those big guys, what they do, we talked about it, that run game, that gap scheme. We've got Mike Blesch coming on offensive line coach with you here. Mm -hmm. Talk about what you loved about him at at, uh, North Texas, what they did down there and kind of what he brought. I watched their film. I broke it down a little bit. Those guys were physical. They were going full speed, right? The wheels were about to come off, which is exactly where you want an offensive lineman when he's on that pull. And so I really liked what I saw in terms of what he was doing coaching those dudes. Yeah, Blesh is really good. You know, Blesh is, uh, he's going to, he played in a up-tempo air raid systems, you know, but like the thing about him is, is he knows how to run the football. Uh, and it's all about the mentality and the edge and the demeanor. And he's going to make sure that those guys are playing at a very physical, you know, and, and a tough nature. Right? And we talk about all the time about, you know, with our guys, like offensive play, it's all about dictating the pace of play. It's always about being in a ready position. There's a psychological effect that you're just snapping it over and over and over and you're coming off the ball and you're firing off the ball. I like just trying to get after him as best you possibly can, you know, and that's what Blesh will bring. Like Blesh is really good at that. He understands the ins and outs. He understands the RPO game. Uh, and that's why he's very important uh, to to bring here. And because uh, he's just evolved. And I think where like I've been messing up with a lot of his run game and then I'm doing a lot of different other things as well, um, which uh, has been fun because we don't have to sit in there for these long meetings. We just can sit there and talk, you know, just normal because we know what we're doing. And he's co- he's coordinated it before. Uh, so he, he understands how it works. So, man, and Blesh has been awesome. And uh, I think everybody's going to be very pleased with the product that he puts out there. That's awesome. I look forward to seeing that solid run game inside, especially if you bring it down to just a couple runs, right? Get Guys get really, really good at. You have your runs, your counters, your RPOs off of those. Now, all of a sudden, defense doesn't know where to go. Just like having a running quarterback. If you got three options for the same look, for the same play, they got to guess at what you're going at. So I, I enjoy watching that. Talk to me about your quarterback, Sam Jackson, coming in. Watch some of his high school film today just to see what we were looking at in terms of a guy. Crazy athlete, needs to keep two hands on the ball for sure. Um, but he can he can run like crazy. He runs through angles. Um, he's got a good enough arm and is a dual threat guy. I think he he's going to pose some problems. What is he like so far in meetings? Uh, he's He's been in college for two years already, you know. Um, so he's been in a uh, – so, so does that mean he's keeping two hands on the ball now? A little bit better, <laughs> but I, yeah. I'm saying I – He's got big hands now. That's uh, that's something like so. Johnny Manziel had big hands. Johnny had the worst ball security ever and never fumbled. I, I got like if he, I, I'm gonna teach, I'm gonna teach ball security with him. But you know, like naturally, he's gonna go play that game a little bit. But um, the thing about Sam is, is that he's been in the spread system. He's been kind of already trained. Uh, so it's it's been fun, like of just kind of been you know going through like you know walkthroughs and all that stuff and just how he communicates. Uh, he knows what he's doing. 
you know, he knows how I, I've operated. He knows how I like to work a spread system. He's very just got a very calm demeanor. Uh, you know, he's he, and he's working at his craft every single day, which I love. And we talk through it all. And I'm giving him a lot of freedom to do things. And he's just very far advanced on um, what you typically get with a high school kid coming out of um, just coming out of high school. And uh, so you're you're going to see a very calm demeanor kid that knows what he's doing right now. And uh, what's what's pleasing to me is that you can advance the installs a little bit more, you know, throughout the course of spring, uh, just because of, you know, how much ball he's already done in his, uh, in his career. Yeah. It's great when you don't have to teach kids how to be college football players. Oh. I mean, that's the beauty of the portal is that you don't have to teach them how to be college players. The The sad part is for the high school kids, right? A lot of those high school kids are kind of getting lost in that thing coming out. But once you get there now, all of a sudden you have more value because you know how to play at that level. Yeah. And that's, and that there's, you know, just how this transfer portal works and people can leave you at any time. And, and it's just, you know, it's a, just a revolving door of players coming through. Like sometimes, you know, if you've got a, a really good group that is experienced and you have them here and they're staying here, then you can bring in developmental kids. You can bring in the high school kids and, and you can coach them up and they can learn. But sometimes like, especially in the O-line position, if you got guys hitting the, the portal or leaving, like you have to bring in a guy that can contribute right away and O-linemen, they, they got to be bigger and, you know, they've got to – like the speed of the game and, like, the they've got to be experienced. You know, you can't – I've had two freshman offensive linemen start for me in my entire career, and they were top five draft picks, you know, in, um, uh, in the NFL. You know, and that's that's a very, very rare, rare deal. So, it's just – Yeah, to be that to be that kind of guy, you got to be pretty damn good, so. Yeah, so it's just all about making sure that, like, they can come in, they can – like, where are you at? What do you need? Do you need an experienced guy or not? And uh, we need an experienced guy at the quarterback position and you know Sam's already got uh played played in games not a lot but uh he's been he's been trained as a as a college you know quarterback yeah talk to me about the rest of the quarterback room Fernando Mendoza when he came in his spring ball last year I watched him pretty good operator under center in spring ball from what I saw like yeah. him and I know he's a I know he's a gym rat right he's a guy that loves to stay around meetings kind of won't I, I see the smile starting you won't get out of your hair Willie like he's a guy that stays <laughs> around the office he's always asking coaches for more that's that's promising too for a young quarterback oh fernando's awesome i'm saying he's in here all the time he's learning uh in my short time with him the improvements that he's made around our meetings and walkthroughs till now it's just it's been awesome to watch him because it carry it matters to him uh you know it's it's his life you know so he, he's it's constantly on his mind he's always asking questions and they're good questions and I think he, you guys seen him throw, like, you know, he's got a good arm and you can do that, but you know, there's so much more quarterback play than just throwing the football. It's about how you operate and the demeanor that you do it with and how you're learning and evolving and growing. And uh, that's, that's the definition of Fernando. You know, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Uh, just love watching him just go out there and keep getting better on a daily basis. Yeah. And the rest of the quarterback room, talk me through the guys. You got Tyler Jensen and uh, you got Noah right now, right? Right now it's like those two guys uh, have been uh Two really good, just they they've been helping me out tremendously. All right, they know more about they like they're the guys that I I lean to, and I'm like, all right, they tell me how this works, and then they tell me all the ins and outs of it all, and I I help them out, and uh, but they're very like calculated guys. I like they're very calculated. They they know like they're taking mental reps when they don't get reps at times, and uh, for me, like I feel comfortable right now, like just throwing them out there in the spring, and they're going to operate and they're going to be able to go out there and play football, and that's what I love about these guys. Um, only got four guys right now, probably going to bring in another one in the, in the summertime. And, you know, who knows, like, you know, it's just how this transfer portal works and all that stuff, but we do need to add another number into this, uh, quarterback room. Uh, and that's what we're looking for. And, 
you know, it's uh, it's just always a, a constant conversation with coach on what we need and and how to address it. But these four quarterbacks have been great. Uh, they've adapted really well, and uh, I'm looking forward on Wednesday to watch them go out there and play. And real quick, receivers, obviously a couple of guys leaving the program, pretty good players. I like Sturdivant a lot. But you got some dudes in-house, right? Jeremiah Hunter is good. Maven Anderson, Monroe Young, Mason Starling, right? Justin Richard Baker, Magnum, Tommy Christakos. Like, these guys all add something at that spot. So you come into a pretty well-stocked cupboard there. Yeah, and, like, I'm really curious about, like, you know, I've seen the tape from last year, you know, so I know what kind of Monroe and and Jeremiah Hunter does and and Maven Anderson. But, you know, I'm still trying to, like, look at, like, the other guys too, and and this is going to be a great opportunity with uh, for me because I got to – you know, just a, an open opinion right now on everything. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch these guys go compete and then play. And uh, I feel like we've got a lot of great walk-ons as well. You know, a lot of guys that um, I think will contribute in some way, but you know, the, how you evolve, I, I do think we've got a lot of tight ends as well. So you're going to see a lot of tight. Like, so I'm going to mess around with seeing them on the perimeter and seeing them run routes and stuff like, so spring ball to me is all about just, Here's your base installs. I'm not going to sit there and try to scheme up the defense. I want to see if they can get open they can compete and they get, you know, if it's a one-on-one situation, can you win and press? Can you get open in zones? Uh, you know, and, and if you just keep repping the same plays over and over and over again, it's going to be fun to watch like who's going to really take it over. Cause I've had receivers that run four sevens and can get, have a thousand yard, you know, receiving. It doesn't have to be a fast guy. It's about just getting open and how you win on one-on-one. And uh, I'm really, really fired up to watch this group go uh, on Wednesday as well. That was going to be my next question. You hit it, tight ends. Like, what happens to those guys? Do you put a tight end in the box, more the Lincoln Riley style, or do you keep guys outside, play the big matchup on the outside? I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do it all right now, and, I, and I'm going to see what they're capable of doing. You know, like, that's that's kind of like the, the tight end position. It's kind of like the dual threat quarterback position in my mind. You know, like, if you got, like, a guy like – so, like, when I was here with, like, Malik McMorris – you know, like Malik wasn't going to like very athletic and all that, but he wasn't going to route you up and win vertical on a route or anything like that. But like I would utilize him by slipping in the, him in the flats and throwing like screens back to him or like slipping him through the line on pop plays, you know, and like you figure out who they are. But like I'd, I'd always put Malik out there like in practice and just see what he's capable of doing, you know. But that's what I'm going to do with all these guys. I want to know uh, – like when I got to West Virginia, I had a, uh, a tight end that uh, plays for the, the Bears right now, the Chicago Bears. Well, man, he can run routes and I can split him out and I can motion him in a box and I can do all those good things. So I feel like I got some guys that can can contribute to that. Uh, but, you know, like, why not? Like, it, it'll be a lot of humor involved with this when you like yes. throw someone out there and like to like uh, the other day in a walkthrough, like we had a tight end on an inside box fade. And I was like, we might have to throw it to the other direction on this one or something. <laughs> you know, like, and it's, yeah. it's they're fun conversations and it's fun. Like, I just I just enjoy it right now. And. Uh, but in spring, we're going to see what all these guys are capable of doing. And then we'll kind of have more of an answer when we hit the hit the summertime, because that's when you got to start going and start solidifying who you are as an offense. That's awesome. I know we got a couple of dudes at running back as well. But, you know, obviously the young freshman coming in, Jay, not pretty special when you look Solid. at him on film. Uh, pretty good players. Uh, some dudes that can play there as well. And in your system running the ball, I think they're going to get an opportunity. Last question for you. We talked about it earlier, that growth mindset, right? Head coach for four years, Texas State. What did you learn? What do you bring with you now? I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Before you become a head coach, you think you know everything, and then all of a sudden you become a head coach, and now it's like, oh, like I never was faced with that before. Now it's a different animal. What did you learn, and how does that make you a better coach? Man, I learned everything. Like I'm saying, like I'm so thankful for my opportunity as a head coach. You know, and 
like I had to, like, I, I never thought that I'd have to go through, you know, COVID and transfer portal and name image likeness and all those moving parts, but it just forced you to just kind of figure it out and come like, and, and you learn about communication and you learn about, uh, you know, getting on the same page with things, you know, like I can tell you this, like I'll be the greatest assistant coach in the world because I will try not to ever let an issue go across coach Wilcox's desk. I will get to it first because I, all the stuff that you have to go through on a daily basis. And especially like at times where I was ended up having to call it, you know, as an offensive coordinator too, there, like and calling the offense and then dealing with all the daily issues that a head coach has to go through. Uh, man, I, I'm very uh, uh, like appreciative of it, like the assistant coaches that would never let an issue get to hit, like, get to my desk, and that's my whole thing. Like I told Coach Wilcox, however you want it, I promise you, I'm not going to have any of our guys have any issues that come across your desk because uh, I know that you got other a lot of things to deal with, and uh, uh, he just laughs at me. And he's and you know how Coach Wilcox is; he wants to you know be involved and do all that and, and do his part, but I just. Uh, was thrown in so many of those situations. And I know that I could, like, I'm here and I can take a lot of the, the pressure off of him and kind of just be like the head coach of the offensive side. And I can handle it over there, but you, you never know what's going to happen as a head coach. You never do. Like if it's yeah. a, a donor or academics or um, a weight room or practice, or you, you just name it, you know, and like, and you're dealing with uh, kids that uh, are on their own for the first time and in college and they're learning how to become a man. And we're here to help mentor and help them grow as well. So you know, there's a lot of work and you got to work together and have a good staff. And uh, that's what I want to bring to the table for Coach Wilcox. That is absolutely awesome. I've run my own companies for 20 years. So I always say that if I ever go back to be an employee for somebody, I will be the greatest employee ever because <laughs> I will never cause them any problems coming out. Spab, no, I appreciate bro. you coming on, brother. I'm looking forward to getting into some of your quarterback meetings this year. Awesome, uh, I want to kind of get in there and go in depth with with your version of this air raid spread kind of gap scheme run stuff at this great game of wide open football has evolved into appreciate the time here today. Uh, and I will talk to you again when we get over to, to the facility. All right. Appreciate you. Look forward to seeing you soon. And hopefully I can get you in a walkthrough or some of these individual drills to see if you still got it. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't got it. It's over. I, I had it a long, long time ago. Appreciate it, brother. I'll see you out there. All right. Go bears. Go bears. So that's offensive coordinator Jake Spavadol. I am looking forward to seeing this version of the offense for the Golden Bears because you simplify it, you make it faster for the offensive linemen, easier for them to execute, and then you stretch defenses differently. Going to have a running style quarterback, it sounds like, if he gets the opportunity. Uh, and we'll see what happens on the field. I love the gap scheme run. Being physical up front, so important. My teams, when I was at Cal, were gap scheme run teams uh, for most of our running, almost all of it for that matter and pretty dominant up front. So I'd love to see Cal get back to that. But when you can spread a defense out through the pass, through the quarterback run game, and then pound them on the inside with the run game, that is a winning combination. Hopefully the Bears can get back there quickly. For Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider, again, I'm Mike Pulaski. I appreciate you guys watching. I appreciate you guys being here today. And as always, go Bears.